welcome to Nerd News Now. It's the week of August 23rd, 2021. I'm with Kyle Brainy Mission. Everyone's here, um, which is awesome. Uh, Kyle, here. Uh, well, you know, within this realm of Because uh, I am apparently in Space Jam. Oh, you're in Space Jam right now? Apparently. Uh, which green which one? Oh, okay. He does the look good enough to be in there. I did. Uh, I did finish the second Space Jam. Yeah, I think once I got past the uh, the acting parts, uh, it was fine. Once you got past the writing and the animation and the acting and the soundtrack, it was uh, okay. I like I like the animation. I mean, I I think that people. Are always going to have an affinity for classic animation. So anytime you upgrade it, it's going to be a problem or can be a problem. Um, we as a society have, I think, all have individual distinct views of what animation should look like. And sometimes you just have to roll with it, you know? Like, Shira might be the greatest He-Man thing ever written, but people were so off-put by the animation, they are like, no. But then it had to, you know, went five seasons, and people were like, oh, okay, let me check this out now. Um, and then conversely, like, the new He-Man looks like the old He-Man, but, like, better, but people don't like it. So, it's just... Well, it's because it's not He-Man, it's a mess of the universe. Yeah, that's my argument, but it's just, like, it... Arguing also doesn't work in this day and age. Like, you can't argue. <laughs> it, it, yeah. So, I mean, you can try for sure, but just not be successful. Can anyone understand a word Miss Jen is saying? I, I, no, I cannot hear you right now, no. We'll just mess everything up. I think that Dalek is interfering with your reception. You might have to send that to me. <laughs> that would be an expensive ship. <laughs> you already Remember, have an expensive ship coming in right now. That is true. You got some cool stuff, though, dude. Yeah. My wallet's going to uh, kill me. Especially if my wife, when my wife finds out what I got, she'll kill me. What's so funny is that, like, I just feel like everyone was like, what just happened? Just there was a strafing run on the original art. <laughs> I can't believe what's his name beat me on one of those. I. It's okay. Katali just had a new baby, so you can be happy for him. No, I'm too selfish to be happy for him. Oh. <laughs> but congratulate him. <laughs> I'm having a Groundhog Day. Remember, like, Three weeks ago, we went on this long diatribe about cardboard cutouts and how they still exist. And I didn't know if that was this, this episode or what it was. What's going on? Maybe I'm in Space Jam right now. Here, let me go back to the website and see what's in stock. <laughs> uh, uh, Miss Jen, we'll start with you. What have you been up to this past week? Um, let's see. Um, my... My dad got home from the hospital. My mom had her 75th birthday today. Um, what else? 
It's been, I've had a crazy week in buying things on Saturday, despite the fact that I forgot to put up a notice that I was buying collections like I did the weekend before, in which no one brought me anything. I had three collections come in on Saturday. So most of my weekend was kind of like trying to figure out how to get it processed in time. Because as soon as people know that I've got new collections, they're like, it's blood in the water. Price of books, Miss Jen. I'm going to buy those things. That's what I've been doing. It's been fun. Do, do people just wait on you to get new collections and then strike? Is that what you're saying? Yes. They're, they're like, if you don't, I won't tell anyone if you won't, Miss Jen, if you let me in the box early. I'm like, I don't think so. I like, I don't know why I've got this real distinct sense that I have to have everyone have an equal opportunity to claim stuff now. Doesn't make any sense, right? It's sold. Whether it goes that way or not. But, uh, somehow in my brain, I'm like, everyone has to be able to have a chance to call it. Because I've been doing live sales for so long. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and well, the off the about original art. Yeah. <laughs> in which case, I say, you still have to show up in the room and call it. But I, I'll let you know. you Because Brainy already knew what it was. He just kind of like, he saw me pick up the art and he was like, claimed. <laughs> Uh, can That's you divulge anything that you picked up? Um, let me see. So the second half of the Tomball 90s comic book store came to me. So there's still more because he only has a little track. So he can only bring a little bit at a time. So it's uh, more minty 90s keys and minor, minor keys, which seem to be the thing right now. Yeah, with all the stuff going on, it's a, a speculator heaven, I think. Mm-hmm. All, all the uh, random characters they made coming to the small screen and uh, things like that. And just, you know, nostalgia. I went the opposite direction with my weekend acquisition. What'd what did you do? I bought Pep 1 through 50. Aww. First That's Archie, cool. first Jughead, first, first Betty, first Veronica. You, some get. Where did you find that? I knew a guy who had it, and I just texted him and said, you want to sell them? <laughs> okay. He said, yeah, I could use Does a that new. work? Well, he goes, yeah, I could use four new tires on my car. So I bought oh. four tires in exchange for those comics. No way. What? For the first appearance of Archie, what year is that from? 1940. Well, that's got to be worth way more than four tires. It's not. They're not in immaculate condition. Oh, are they reader they're, copies? Uh, maybe. Okay. They're rough, but I have them. And I got them at a price where I could flip them. Like, where I could, I could, if I wanted to sell them, I could make something on them. Like, I'm not going to get rich on them. I'm not going to make a lot of money on them. But I could advance them a little bit. So I was happy. I wonder what the heck else uh, you could red paper clip for key collector comics like that. I love doing that kind of stuff. Um, that was one of the that was one of my favorite things to do when I had this store. Was I'll trade you these three pop vinyls that you really want for just that one comic you have that I know is worth money that I can advance, or you know stuff like I loved doing that kind of thing. He misses retail. 
I feel like there's probably a downside to retail, though. Yes. Which is all of it. <laughs> which is the having to deal with people? No, well, it's not just that. It's, it's employees, customers, suppliers. All of those are people so far. All of the, the first three of the four were people, just <laughs> for the record. <laughs> and you know, in the comic book industry, you add another two or three layers into it. So you get the publishers, you've got the distributors in there, you've got individual suppliers and stuff, man. And we still keep doing it, right, Miss Jen? I I still have it deep in my bones. I, I every once in a while think about what it would be like to not come in the store and talk to people and sell things and try to figure out a way to do it better and faster and more efficiently and whatever. And I get like, you know, the sweats. So I'm not ready. <laughs> Well, you get the sweats from the customers or from the not having customers? From thinking about not doing this every day. I'm not ready to even consider such a thing. My brain, my body just wakes up wanting to do this stuff, which is, I know, a sickness, but I need to probably go to some kind of therapy. Well, it's, what's interesting is like today I had one of those days where if I'd have had to go to the store, I would have hated it. I woke up with a migraine. And it used to be you just had to tough it out. You take a couple of Tylenol and just fight through your day, right? Because you can't not go to work. But today, I got up, took a couple of Tylenol, and slept on the couch until 2 in the afternoon. Like, you know, I, every hour or so, I'd roll over and check my email and answer my emails and work on projects I was working on. And then I'd be like, all right, I'm back to sleep. You know, it's – I've really found the joy in not having to do it but still getting to be involved. You know, I was talking to some Comic-Con promoters yesterday and this afternoon and working with a new publisher contact that I have. And it's not nearly a new contact, it's somebody I haven't talked to in a while, you know, and these kind of things. And so I still get to be involved in comic books, but I don't have to deal with people. Like, in, in the sense that I do have to deal with people, but they can be through email. <laughs> Yeah, I should go work for Miss Jen and become a buyer for her. That'd be more fun. I accept. <laughs> I'm well, I'm so I'm working on a guy right now who has a 35 cent Star Wars number one in really nice condition. And uh a several other key Silver Age books I'm trying to pick up. You know, you have a few books that I want, so you know, if you ever need the cash, let me know. I'll I'll break into Miss Jen's bank. <laughs> It's getting larger and larger every day. <laughs> if I if I manage to succeed at getting these books, I will let you guys have first dibs. Yeah, I'm trying to cut down, man. Uh, yeah, I'm but thirty-five cents Star Wars years. number one always a good investment. Yeah. I actually had I had it in my possession. I don't know if I told you guys this. Um, I bought a, a small collection from somebody. And they were a friend of the family, so I, you know, I basically gave them a buyer's remorse clause. You know, if you guys don't want it, um, yeah. if you change your mind, let me know, uh, and I'll, you know, I'll be happy to return them. And next day they changed their mind and they took it back. Um, I was like, man, you know, uh, and at that time they weren't worth, you know, they were still worth money, but not not what the price they're uh, garnering now, which is you know obscene right now. Uh, so I, I, gave, I made them a decent offer at that time. Of course, compared to now, I'm like, yeah, that was a lowball offer. 
if they were to come in today, they'd get a lot more. But yeah, you know, that's that's neither here nor there, I guess. I'm uh my brain is broken. So Kyle, I just want to confirm this. Are you saying that you got first printings of PEP one through fifty, and that includes PEP number twenty-two? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and you said you had to buy you had to buy new tires for an entire used car sale lot because that's no. what it that would be. I no. just did I just did the math. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> they were cheap tires. Like they were name brand. I didn't buy them Chinese tires, but like Oh no, I'm I saying got, but that would have been 250 cars worth of tires uh, for just that one issue. Deal. But okay. again, I don't know. I haven't gone through it really yet. Oh. I don't know how complete these books are. I don't, you know, they're all rough. You know, but now I have them. And it's in my collection, and I have them. No, as, as yeah. long as the powers are attached, books or staples are there, you know, they're still pretty. Right. But I don't know how much, how many of them have tears. I don't know how many of them may be missing pages. I have not done the full research on it yet, but... I know the number one is good. It's complete. But I it's, love one. There's a CGC page of number 22, just the 10th page. It's $210. <laughs> what? <laughs> no lie. Wait, what? Just a Dude, oh, oh, someone has just the page. Like, can you do, you can do that? You can grade a page? Absolutely. Yes. But but what yeah. is that great? Yeah. What does that page grade as like a point one or? Uh, let me see. Let me go back to best bet. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is uh, my X Men number four, and I thought it was in great condition. I never opened it or whatever. Um, I sent it for CGC. It comes back a point five. Apparently, there's a page missing from there. And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, well, clearly you should have just got the other pages graded by themselves. Right. <laughs> So it's it, when that gets graded, it just they just put PG up there, which means page. Page, yeah. So it's an authentic page. That's about it. I've never so seen if, one like that. Yeah. So if I had to guess, Mark, I would say my number twenty-two, just from looking at the photos, is somewhere between a point five and a one. It's it's in bad condition. Um, I think five hundred to a thousand dollars might be a reach on it. That's great. Well, that's just—I mean, that's a set of tires right there. So if that was the case, that'd be a good deal. <laughs> that was just over a tire and a half. Oh, okay. Not even a set. Okay. I'm just—I'm uh, fascinated by people's ability to red paperclip. I can't do it. And and I saw. So you're a TV guy. There's an episode of MASH that's built all around that. And I keep saying Red Paperclip because there was a news story like maybe 12 to 15 years ago or something like that where a guy had a Red red Paperclip. Was it, was it in Ohio? I might be I making that part up. I know the story you're talking about, though. But he basically went, or Brainy and Miss Jen, are you familiar with the Red Paperclip? Absolutely. Okay. Where this guy basically just was like, I wonder what I can get for this. And he just kept trading his way up to a house. Now, what kind of house it was, I don't know. But I've always been fascinated by that because I there's can't. A woman, there's a woman on TikTok uh -huh. who has been playing this game. She wanted to meet Celine Dion. 
And the goal was to trade up to v- a VIP experience at a Celine Dion concert in Vegas. Like, to start with nothing to, tra- to trade up to that. It turns out she wound up trading into an original painting from a Canadian artist who Celine Dion collects. <laughs> and wound up trading into meeting Celine Dion to give her this painting. Nice. That's now, did she know that that was the path that she was on? Was that no, like it just sort no, of not at all fluke happened? Well, that's cool how that happened then. Yeah. But um, so that's the real life story. But I remember probably seeing the episode of Mash seven to ten times somewhere within that, um, where they had to keep trading to get ice cream. I think it was ice cream. Was I remember like the thing that I wanted. The first, the first time I ever did it uh, successfully as a retailer, trading like random things for other things, is I had a guy come in with an ASM three hundred, and I didn't have enough cash to offer him, and I had a gift certificate for an oil change, and I offered him, you know, an amount of cash plus a gift certificate for an oil change, and I had gotten the gift certificate for the oil change for free. So I was out nothing, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I can use and I can incentivize people with other things they need." I think the and so it's data I've ever made was you guys remember when I bought the uh, storage locker to get the Toys R Us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that locker was a whole bunch of Babies R Us furniture parts still in their boxes so like the railings for it or like the changing tabletop for a you know a dresser it was all this stuff i was like i was just waiting for a day when i could have a garage sale in the breezeway and get rid of all of it and i went over to someone's house to look at a collection that they wanted to sell of toys and stuff and i'm standing there talking to them i'm telling them about this thing they're like as i walk through their garage it's full of sealed furniture boxes and i'm like what are you guys doing you guys your whole house is full of sealed furniture boxes they're like that's the business we're getting into and i was like <laughs> i have 250 dollars in my car to buy these toys with or i could give two thousand dollars worth of toys or us or babies rs furniture and they were like hmm now in my mind the furniture was worth none i already got all my value out of the other things i got out of the locker so that to me is like a win when you find someone that needs something you can make a lot of money out of it and you don't need and you can get something you would much rather sell that's a good trade I would uh I wouldn't survive in a zombie apocalypse there's no way I can't barter no no you just no. want to get rid of stuff or um, no, I mean, I just can't barter. I, I never, I guess I don't have that ability to convince someone that they need what I have to the point of like getting a better deal in return than just cash or whatever. So, yeah. and like sometimes it works out, like in your example, I mean, you went in a room and saw a bunch of sealed furniture and were like, wait a minute. <laughs> so, I mean, I would probably be able to put together something like that, but I wouldn't be able to to trade in Goodyear tires for the first appearance of Archie Andrews. No way. 
I, I want to come see uh, Kyle. The next time you have a table at a Comic Con, I'm gonna fly out there. I want to see what that's like. Mid September. Oh, for real? Okay. Well, the next one, or maybe in a year. Okay, Halloween weekend. <laughs> we'll see what happens with the uh, travel and the world by then. Um, it's true. I think I think Texas is still gonna be around. We'll see. We'll make it. We'll be fine. See, and what's funny is is that the best luck I have doing that kind of swapping and red paperclip kind of stuff is when I'm trading for stuff that I want that I don't intend to sell. Yeah. Like, because all of a sudden it's, okay, we're actually working on emotional value as opposed to actual dollar figure value. Yeah. That that sometimes just plays out better. Do you think it, it keeps you more focused? When when you're dealing with something like that, like you really want it, so you're gonna try every angle that you may not normally try, or just that's just how it is. No, I think it has more to do with if people assign an emotional value to something, they assign an emotional value to something that's not negotiable. Yeah, you can't you can't talk your way through someone's like deep seated desire to you know their uncle told them that something was worth $10,000 that really is worth $100. You can't work through that emotional attachment to what their uncle said. Right. Okay. Right. So now it's instead of, instead of saying, okay, well, the dollar value of this thing is this, and you don't believe me. Now we're at an impasse. It's okay. I, I get that what you, what you have, you feel is worth this. To me, that value is the same as the value on this thing. You know, I'll trade you this fantastic four-graded comic for that laptop. Well, I need a laptop. Okay, done. Deal. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. The the value you're placing on that laptop is equal to the value I place on this comic. Right. You know, or the value you place on a a new set of tires on your car that is dangerously unsafe is equal to what I'm willing to pay for this collection of beat up old comics. I think there's certain comics I would just give up my tires and become preference on and that would be fine. Mm-hmm. Which probably means I have a higher emotional value attached to certain comics than I do my feet, which wouldn't make it a mile probably. I don't know how many feet. I don't know how many miles my feet could make if I replaced tires with my feet. Huh? Because cars are heavy. Car was the Flintstones car. Uh, I I think it's my. It's it would be a Ford Escape. I don't think I would make it at all. I, I don't think I can move it one foot. I've watched the world's strongest man, but just because you've watched the world's strongest man doesn't mean you two can move cars by yourself. You can. You just have to put them in neutral. Um, maybe. <laughs> I could probably make it a few feet. I don't know. Says anyone who's ever run out of gas on the side of the road and had to push their car out of traffic. You can. You just got to get it into neutral first. I don't know how I haven't done that yet. I got real close once. Um, I've just lucked out, I guess, because there was definitely a time where I was driving on a interstate where there wasn't going to be a gas station for 30 miles and I had like 22 miles of gas left, but I made it somehow. I figured I wouldn't have, I would have done that by some point. 
So I've got a story for you guys. Okay. I've never had this kind of experience before. It was it just tickled me. So this is an experience where you know the person that's called you on the phone that wants to sell you something already has in their head way too high a value on something. They haven't told you what the price is, but you can just tell from the discussion. Okay. So this morning before the store opened, someone called me and said that they had a bunch of transformer figures that they wanted to sell me. And the place that they were going to take them to sell them. So they prefaced it by saying, I've, I've shopped the, the collection around and I've got a couple offers on it, but the, I went to go to the store too, and they're not open. Like they're, like they're gone, like they're closed. So I'm like, I don't think of myself, when did this person give you this offer? So they're like, how, how much are you interested in buying them? And I'm already in my mind saying, I'm not going to buy this question. Like there's no way because the guy's already got something big in his brain. Tell him I'll give him a laptop. There you go, laptop. That would have been a good trade, baby. So he, I, I say, um, yeah, I, I think I recommended another place for him to go and, and try to, to sell it. And he's like, are you, so what, you don't, you're not interested in it? Because I'm kind of near where you are. I'm like, well, it was a Transformers collection. And I said, well, is it boxed? And he says, no, it's loose and mint collect, mint condition. And of course, in my brain, I'm thinking it might not even be vintage. It might just be recent ones. But uh, I don't deal in loose right now. I don't have a way to display them. I'm so full on stuff. So I told him, I said, I'm not thinking... I'm not buying loose collections, but I'll take them in on consignment. He goes, what does that mean? So I explained it to him. We do the 50-50 split, which I've been doing for, you know, a decade or something. And no one ever blinks. And he just doesn't even say anything to me. He just, like, says, what? No. And then starts talking to somebody else. Like, he forgot to actually hang up on me. And he's like, this MFR, there's no way keep my stuff and make me wait and only give me half and it, so now that i'm hearing this i'm like going, oh he was definitely going to try to ask me for more than half on these items so he's not interested in half in the long term either but it was just funny like went on a really long talk and i could hear him talking to his girl just like and i i said out loud i'm like i'm still on the phone <laughs> i had a guy come in one time with a first Iron Man, I forget, whatever, Tales of Suspense, first Iron Man, and it was beat. I mean, it was bad. It was a two, maybe a three, and I made him an offer of what I could afford to pay for it, and he goes, I've gotten higher offers than that from other stores in town. Now, I know the other stores in town, and none of them buy, so he's lying to me. And I go, I would run out my door right now, run to that other store, and get that money. And he goes, really? I go, absolutely. He goes, so you don't even want to try and beat them? I go, not if they're offering you more than I'm offering you, and it's another store in town? Oh, you should run over there and get it, because those guys don't actually buy comics. So if they're making you an offer, somebody's doing something out of character. You should take it. Oh, well, 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 I meant, I meant uh, out of town. Well, that isn't what you said. I go, so I'll give you exactly what I offered you. And you can walk away with some money in your pocket. Or you can drive to Detroit or Indianapolis or someplace else and try and find somebody who will pay you big money for that book. And he just got all, all 
angry at me and walked out. And three weeks later, he came back and took my offer. Oh, I thought you were going to say he was going to drive, but he needed a spare tire. And you're like, aha, red paperclip. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where it all started. Spare tires for spare comics. The end of the page on that was I traded that piece for a signed Bill Sienkiewicz, Dr. Doom, one in a thousand. Because I couldn't move that piece, so I traded it for something I could move. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, how? So, you know, I I'm the the one on the uh like the not that you guys don't buy stuff, but I'm just a buyer. Like I, I don't have the retail comic selling experience. In 2021, there there's something uh Miss Jen that I immediately thought of when you were telling that story is like. It's 2021, so like this guy should have like uh, a Microsoft like Excel spreadsheet with yeah. pictures attached, uh, maybe an Instagram video or like just a just a Google Doc uh, video that he could send you and immediately stuff. And then and then and then on the on the buying end, I'm wondering, do you guys ever do comps? Like, because if you had like a set percent, like I buy at this percentage of ebay comps and my reasoning is this because there's no buyer fee there's no shipping there's no taxes so i'm estimating that you're you saying we're gonna take 17 percent off the comps from that like to me i'm watching all these videos of sports card shows and dealers and it's all about comps 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 it's like what what are the last five times this basketball card just sold here's the average okay i'm gonna offer you 17 percent of that okay like so is it that easy and people just make it difficult or is it is there like some is it just all gray area <laughs> brainy looks exhausted just thinking about it yeah no, it's um it's an interesting question because i just think especially with graded comics it should be a no-brainer right like i can type in the exact comic the exact grade know that it's authentic Here's here's the last you know five prices it sold for on eBay. Here's what the the seller fee. Here's what they actually pocketed because of the the fees and the taxes and the shipping and all that. So here's what I'm giving you. The downfall of that is you know, and I I I'd add on the future things to it. One, what I anticipate the price to be in about six months. Okay. Um, and what i've sold uh, on equivalent type of books uh cgc books don't sell too quickly for us um we we sell a few you know a handful at a time because we've got the higher end you know just just an example something is killing a children number one we had it at 150 dollars when it was going for um about 150 didn't sell until it started shooting up and then somebody just came in and got lucky and bought it at 150 and you know um but that sat around for three months for us when it didn't sell that's three months worth of uh, money that i you know uh, we could use to buy other stuff so we also have to look at it from the perspective of opportunity cost could we sell more items using that money in a shorter run and cycle that money longer um um so you know it's not just a comp it's not we're in the sports cards they're moving so fast that they can turn around and sell that sports card in 
two days, three days, four days, um, because people are treating it like gold right now. So, um, and you know, that's basically how the gold market works as well. You know, they, they look at the current price, they look at um, the percentage rate of uh, what they would cost for transaction fees, and that's how they do it. And that's basically how the graded sports cars are working. I don't, I don't feel we can do that in the comic book industry, especially not right now. Um, because, uh, at least in my opinion, I think the market is too volatile right now. We see books going up and down. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, you'll see a spike. By Friday, Saturday, that spike might have dropped already. Correct me if I'm wrong, Miss Jen. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on what kind of collection that's walking in. If someone brings you in a handful of keys or minor keys, those are easy enough to look on, you know, there's apps out there that have kind of like the high-low with eBay. You can look for comps. Correct. Because I, I like, I don't like to just do pie-in-the-sky guesses on stuff that I'm just like, I'm not super familiar with because the price has changed so fast right now. For big collections, I'll thumb through them. I'll eyeball what I think they're the, the, the books that are the money. I add that in my head. And that's the price point I'm thinking about for everything. Right. And usually I'll let, just like Negotiation 101, you always ask the person who has the collection what they're interested in selling it for. For example, this weekend, one of the collections I bought was just, he just brought in this little, like one of those portfolios full of books. And I looked at them and they were all really good books, beautiful condition. There were some minor keys and keys in them. And I asked him, what are you interested in for price for to sell these to me for? And he said, $25. I was like, absolutely not. I said, these are worth way more than that. Let me look them up real fast and I can give you a better feel on them. So I bought them for 75, which he used in store credit. So I paid really 37.50 for them for thereabout. So I, I don't, I won't let someone lowball themselves. Like if they're like way off, I just can't sleep at night if that stuff goes down. So I, I, I'm not going to be that person that, that they say later on, man, she was wrong. But uh, if they say a reasonable price, my favorite thing is when the price I have in my head is the one they say out loud. And I'm like, we're perfect. Because I've had that happen a couple times recently. That I'm like, perfect. This person, this person knows that I've got to make money and they're not offended by such things. So that's comps, yes, but mostly kind of just buy collections for the ones you know you can move quickly yep. and the rest of the stuff you know is going to be kind of a slog but uh that's where you're going to make your most of your profit anyway yeah i used to i used to do have a two two-step method which is basically what brainy and jen have just outlaid and then i had a buy list mm-hmm. uh so if you bring me an asm 300 this is the minimum i'm willing to pay for a good condition asm 300 if you bring me a beat up ASM 300, I'm going to pay less than that. And I would always, so the buy list always stipulated good or better quality. This is the minimum I'm willing to, I will pay for these books because I knew if I paid $150 for a good condition ASM 300, I could make minimum $200 on the book. Right. You know, and if you brought me a great condition, I'd pay a little bit more because I knew I could get a little bit more. Um, so I always had a buy list of stuff that I was always buying. Um, and at one point that list was just this ridiculous murderer's row of Marvel keys. So it was first Deadpool, first cable, ASM 300, you know, just 
ridiculous stuff. And I realized what was happening is that people were keeping perfectly good books that I wanted and only bringing me this stuff that was on the buy list. Yeah. So I did away with the buy. What I wound up doing was saying, okay, this is my buy list, but I'm paying, you know, if you bring me that plus other stuff, you know, I'll give you a 10% bump for bringing me books from my buy list. So if you brought me a hundred Spider-Man books that I was only going to pay a hundred bucks for, but one of them was ASM 300. So that's an additional 150. I'll give you an extra 10%, which isn't a lot of money. It's a $2 and 50 cents, but you know, people would go, Oh, the extra 10% if I bring him everything. Okay, great. In fact, you reminded me of a collection I bought once. Um, this is something Ms. Jen was talking about. He came in with 10 boxes and he says he's got a lot more. Uh, the 10 boxes, two of them had uh, mold on them, on the boxes. Um, and uh, the other ones, they, there was water stains and nothing else. You know, uh, The books weren't that bad inside. They were sellable. But if you go to the back, towards the back of it, they were all crumped together, water crumping and everything. I straight out told him, I told him, look, uh, this is basically bulk comics. We'll buy the bulk comics. You know, we buy them. We have price for bulk boxes. Um, the rest of the collection he brought in, I would say about 70% of it was still in good condition. So it seemed like they were stacked somewhere and they had a water damage or whatever. And the, the first batch he brought in was the damaged stuff and everything else he brought in. Uh, this was in his collection. He, he basically either got a locker or he bought an apartment or whatever. Because he, he, he barely spoke English. So I told him, look, uh, you know, these could be worth more if you want to go for it. If not, you know, this is our offer. He was happy to do it. Uh, skimmed through it. I found a couple of keys that paid for the collection. Beyond that, we weren't able to sell most of the collection because, you know, it was just filled with stuff. Um, their dollar books and stuff, whatnot. But there were a few keys that made up for the collection. So you, when buying collections, you never know what you're getting unless if you're actually going through the entire collection one by one. Which my, is my, you don't have time to do. I, my favorite thing to do when I would get stuff like that, because I would get that stuff on occasion, is, yeah, pull the keys, pull the good stuff, but then just leave it outside. And what I did to get rid of books like that that were they're a little water damaged or maybe a little moldy. They're stuff I can't regularly sell. I would sell them by weight to customers, five bucks a pound. Yeah. You know, and just set outside, have somebody set outside with a mail scale. And that that's something I might do with the last collection I just bought. You know, same thing. We bought a small collection. They're like, I just want to get rid of it. And I looked at them like, man, this is. I just felt bad for the family because uh, it sounded like their father had passed away or whatnot. I just said, or, or either that, or he got kicked out of the house and they just want to get rid of the books. Um, I, I felt bad, so I bought the collection. I'm, I'm every time I go to this, I'm like, oh, I don't know why I bought this collection. <laughs> mm-hmm. We do. We do. Do emotional buys, right? Yeah. All, oh, yeah. But hey, man, I, I just think to myself, if I was in their position and really in a bad spot, I would rather give them the money for the collection so they don't get desperate enough to do something super bad. Yeah. So I, I almost always, when they look like they're just like on their last, like they they've been turned down and turned down, and they're just gonna you're gonna crush their spirit. I'm like, what? Well, I'm gonna, I'll figure out. Like the, I bought a collection two weeks ago. That he basically said that his his uh, boyfriend died, and he was trying to make money to arrange for the um, the funeral stuff. I was like, "When you tell me what you want for this collection, 
And he said, and I just paid it to him. I was like, what, if, what you need is what I'm going to give you. It's just like, people are going through real crap right now. And if I can help them out, I'm going to. Yeah, I bought a collection one time. And I, the family was really cool about it because I had to string them along a little bit because I couldn't afford it at the time. But I wanted the collection. So I would buy two long boxes at a time every two weeks from them. And it took like 16 weeks to buy them all. And uh, turns out the son had been collecting to start a store, got T-boned by a drunk driver and killed. And they're like, we just need these out of the house. I'm like, I will pay you whatever you're asking, but we can only do it two boxes at a time. You know, yeah. <laughs> like at this pace, they're like, that's great. We're good with it. Um, but when I went to look at the collection the first time, I had a pretty good wad in my pocket and I pulled a bunch of, uh, Mirage Ninja Turtle first prints. Wow. And I go to this family, I go, look in my pocket right now, I've got $3,500. Like I'll give you this, but just know that these books are worth triple that. So you guys just keep them and part them out. And they're like, no, just take them. No, 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 no. You don't understand. I go. So I paid I paid more per box than I would have liked to have paid per box yep. to give it back to them over time. And they never knew. Brilliant. I still think about that kid. And that's the uh, that's the emotional side of collecting right there. Mm-hmm. For sure. So. I, I know I, we've been talking for a while now, and I know Brainy said he's got a dip, and I'm at 17%. So <laughs> is there things we actually need to talk about? Yeah, but we can let Brainy go. Yeah, right. I do but, like, I'm going to have here. to go, too, because like, I'm going <laughs> to okay. run out of charge. I thought you meant, like, you, like just emotionally or, no, or food-wise or something. Oh, battery. Okay. 16%. Uh, we can make it 14 minutes, I bet. But we're going to let Brandy go. Brandy, thank you for your insight as usual, and we'll uh, see you next time. Sounds good. Take care. Appreciate it. Love to your family. Uh, yeah, I do want to talk about uh, some news that consumed the world. Is everyone was super miffed, like, where's the Spider-Man trailer? Where is it? 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 And then there was, like, this leak, and then people said it looked like Bigfoot and don't watch it. Um, well, it actually came out five minutes before the show started tonight. Oh! <laughs> so I saw it. So the official link is up. Um, Kyle just doesn't care. He cares way more about his phone battery than Spider-Man No Way Home. It's fine. I, uh, well, I won't watch the trailer, which is the same thing I would say about the movie. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, Hashtag not my Spider-Man. Oh, well, well, well. There you go. I'm a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. First two Sam Raimi movies. The only ones that count. Yeah, but what I'm saying is everyone assumes he's going to be in this one. Yeah, I was going to say, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. When somebody goes, hey, Tobey Maguire's in it, then I'll go see it. (laughs) Okay, all right. Well, the, the trailer doesn't dispose that quite yet, but, uh, um... Miss Jen, I know you've been selling comics live uh, hours before we do this, so I'm assuming you haven't seen it yet. But um, out of 
out of Spider-Man, Shang-Chi, and the Eternals, which one of those are you most excited for? Honestly, I want to see, I'm the most excited to see the Eternals just because I think it's going to expand my knowledge of a part of the Marvel Universe that I've known nothing about. Yeah, because like all the Jack Kirby Celestial stuff is wild. Mm-hmm. And and especially now, um, I am wondering if the MCU announcing the Eternals was the cause for New Gods to be canned by DC. Because they're both Kirby, they're both, like, worlds that he created, they're both sort of, like, off-world crazy stuff. Even though the Eternals, they're on Earth, right? But, you know, the the whole Celestials and and gods and all that. And and that would be unfortunate because the new gods are awesome, you know? So, but I am wondering, like, is that why that movie got scrapped? Because that was, like, the DCU movie I was looking for for the most two but um i would say the same thing that you just said for the eternals but for shang chi because i know what i've seen all the covers i know that he's been around since the 70s and that he's been an integral part of some of the offshoot avengers teams so i'm interested in in that whole thing and how they reincorporate you know the 10 rings in kind of like a new stylistic way after the you some would say maybe Mandarin debacle, maybe in in Iron Man. Have you seen the Have you seen the Rotten Tomatoes Shang Chi stuff? By the way, they've changed the pronunciation of Shang Chi to Shang Chi, which to Shang Chi, which okay. I do not like. So I appreciate that we're leaving it as Shang Chi here. Oh, um, I, uh, because I it's know. always been Shang Chi, and it shall always be. But. Um, it's gotten great reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, you know, everybody seems really high on it. That's the movie I'm most excited to see. Uh, but I think Eternals will do more for me as a nerd. If that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And now, are you all already familiar with with the Eternals? A little bit. It's okay. I, I'm like Jen. It's one of those things I know about the Eternals, but I don't have a encyclopedic knowledge of the Eternals like I do about Spider Man. Everything I know about the Eternals, I learned from Dan Wickline. Kind of, basically, yeah. <laughs> what were um, he and I texting about? We were he and I were texting about something this weekend. Uh, oh. I read an article on why the Ten Rings are uh, maybe not everything they should have been and how it had to do with stifling Jack Kirby's creative powers. And it was a whole big thing. Uh, Basically going back to the Stan Jack feud. And uh, it was really interesting. But Dan Dan and I were talking about it. He's like, yeah, no, that's not a thing. You know what would be funny? Is if in the multiverse kind of... I don't know if it would be the the Doctor Strange part or what they're going to put out there for uh, Spider-Man, but wouldn't it be hilarious if there was another version of the Ben Kingsley Mandarin that comes back and actually is the Mandarin? He's in the movie. (laughs) Please! (laughs) Well, uh, Kyle, I'm going to get you that confirmation of Tobey Maguire whenever I do. 
But I can tell you there is a Raimiverse character in the trailer. Okay. So. It, and if it's if it's anybody other than um, uh, uh, Bruce Campbell as Ash, we've missed an entire trick that we should have oh, taken. Oh man, that would be that would be a whole a whole another thing. All hail the chin. Uh, that would yeah. If they were to somehow start putting other franchises in this uh, multiverse, that would be yeah. That would be nuts. Now, Kyle, do you need to go, or are you going to just ride this out? With I your have phone? I have ten percent on my okay. laptop. So well, we I'm got ten. We got ten minutes. Dies. All right, so we got ten minutes. So let's just go okay. ahead and go to let's go to comics. Let's just go to comics. There's lots of stuff that there's lots of stuff that happened, but we were already in this like collector retailer mode. Mm-hmm. So we'll just go to comics. So uh, I actually have a list of some stuff coming out, and believe it or not, I have an opinion on one of the uh, the comics coming out, what? which I almost never do. Is but it Lester I'll... of Lesser Gods? No, it's it's something very eighties. Okay. Hmm. Zorro. And and it's probably it's one of these comics, and I'm assuming you guys know about this, but you may not because it's probably not something that was available on your um, order list or whatever. But the variants for this series are going to be packaged with action figures. So I mean, they're going to be like. 40 bucks or more just for a normal person to get them. Oh, snap. Yeah. So, so. it's definitely Zorro. No, what is that? There's a Zorro comic coming out this week, so. Oh, okay. No, this is Transformers Shattered Glass. Mm. Oh, and, okay. and Hasbro Pulse has created action figures for five of the characters and. You know, conveniently, it's a five-issue miniseries, so these HasbroPulse.com variants uh, exist within backing of each of these characters. So, But I'm just, I'm intrigued by that idea, where um, what if the Autobots were Decepticons and vice versa? So Optimus Prime and Bumblebee are the bad guys, and Megatron's the leader of the good guys. And um, this was a concept that was first done like in 2008 at a Transformers convention. I think just someone, you know, because they've always been artistic with the figures and like just mock them up different paint schemes and things. Um, and then we've seen in the Netflix series where Mirage was like, because he's an Autobot spy, obviously, he was posing as a Decepticon. But uh, I've never seen it like this. The, there was rumors of a shattered glass uh, animated episode in the uh, for season four of the most current Transformers uh, s- series that was canceled, but this is the first time it's going to be in full blown comic book form. So that's my uh, two cents for comics <laughs> for, for for this week. Um, but other than that, um, we have Detective Comics ten forty two, Amazing Spider Man seventy two. We've got Something Is Killing the Children number nineteen, which just continues to be red, red hot, right? Uh, We have Department of Truth number 12, which is also red hot. uh, And I'll let you guys throw out anything else to keep an eye out on this week. 
So for me, it's Suicide Junkies from Sourcepoint, um, which is going to be super fun. Uh, and then from Albatross Funny Books, uh, Lester of Lesser Gods, which is Matt Cushing, Eric, Lucky Yates, Eric Powell, uh, which will be so that that book will be uh, stupid in the best possible way. Um, and then a book that I normally wouldn't buy because of where it comes from, but uh, Crisis on Infinite Quarantine from Aardvark. Um, <laughs> yep. Y- you gotta have it. Like, it just, if you don't buy it, you're missing out on all the jokes. Um, those are the number ones for me. Uh, Batman Reptilian 3. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Broken Gargoyles, Sin and Virtue 3. Cherry Blackbird 2. Um, Dark Blood 2. Some of that kind of stuff. My week is weird. Some good stuff, man. Uh, Icon and Rocket, by the way. Uh, just don't miss out on Icon and Rocket. I'm excited for the Spacecraft Smithsonian coloring book myself. What is that? So the Smithsonian has been putting out a series of uh, coloring books. They did dinosaurs, aircraft. Um, I can't remember. There's, there's at least three of them that are out there. And this one's spacecraft. spacecraft so they're really nice. They like have... Uh, coloring side but then on the facing page it has it tells you all about that thing do you learn stuff too and get smart i uh i finally get to read frank at home on the farm you ever read it before? well i read the first issue and was like nope i need this as a trade because i wasn't going to be able to wait for the second issue so the trade for that comes out this week. it is one of those books that just messes you all the way yeah. up I wanted to be able to binge it. Um. Oh, and I also left out Ice Cream Man number 25. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to be a big one. Yeah, there's... uh, King Spawn's probably going to be the one that's going to have the most people, just random people coming to the store, I'm guessing. Now what what is so what is King Spawn? How is that different than Spawn? So he's royalty. He's uh, married queen. So Elizabeth for the Spawn universe, they've got three new books, and that's one of them. We we haven't seen the team book yet, but oh okay. Um, there are a lot of comics every week. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like on 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 average. Miss Jen, on average, how many comic issues are on that order form that you fill out? I mean, to choose from. Has it got to be like 50 plus or what? Um, I don't, it's a difficult thing because I don't do the entire form. So I stop when I get to where the manga starts and the t-shirts and stuff. So if you were a person that bought t-shirts and toys and all that other stuff from diamond it's a really long list it's a it lot would take me two or three days mm-hmm. 
like no one's mentioned techno freak or dancing with the dragon or stud and the bloodbade number one hey man i'm totally really wanting to read that one <laughs> i talked to them today that's from uh cex comics experience publishing Both of them, the two publishers, uh, have in the past worked for Marvel. Oh, okay. But they formed recently, I don't know how recently, but they made a an online comic book school called Comics Experience, and you can register and actually take classes and get advice from peers that are working in the industry and learn your craft. The only thing that they, they said they don't really have right now is inking, because there's not a lot of call for it, because the advent of the digital age... But you can learn how to edit, letter, pencil. Yeah, but what if you just can't draw? I mean, I would love to draw, but I can't, so. I I am with you. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, anything else uh, to wrap up with? Comics related? News? Uh, specs? Uh, anything? Um, I've seen a lot of uptick and in interest in... Uh, price on moon Knight things because of i think they they dropped like what his costume looks like i think recently. yeah so that's been a big move there goes kyle's battery I, I think i think we lost kyle and his battery yeah um all the marvel stuff is going crazy i'm sure as we get more trailers for more things it's the, the spec market is on fire but like what's actually going to stick we don't know but um moon knight is a safe bet and then people seem to be going all in on punisher which is funny because it's like well he's already had two movies and a show and the show was awesome but uh, uh if and this is not this is no spoilers from the trailer that was just launched but it's like if daredevil from netflix pops up and Spider-Man, then it's game on. Because then yeah. you can that then then we know Punisher um probably is going to be in Armor Wars, and that is that opens the possibility for the Punisher War Machine. So those all the covers of that run have been spiking really hard. Oh yeah. So. Um, Did you mention that Darkhawk number one is out this week? I did not. No. So nostalgic. That's like the book that uh, I think there's a whole bunch of people that like, like have uh, in the the comic book collecting groups have uh -huh. just decided that Dark Hawk is the thing, right? They, there's no reason to to believe that anyone's ever going to develop that property or put it or put him in a show or anything. But they've just decided that Dark Hawk is the bomb, and they're going to collect every issue they can. I love those guys. Okay. Yeah, but there are characters like that that something does happen and they do become uh, popular or be used in properties that no one thought possible before. I mean, not necessarily Venom per se because, you know, he has been, but did you ever think there was going to be a Venom movie, let alone like a, a sequel to the Venom movie? <laughs> I don't know. Things like that. Yeah. 
but also now with the uh, speculation market, there's just so many outlets for series and movies, which we've talked about before. But I'm sure, like, every time Titans gets released on HBO Max, every time there's a new episode, some some book somewhere goes up 300%, you know? Absolutely. True. Just because of it can be like, oh, this is the first time there's a costume. I, I think there's like a Nightwing dog where he has a, a, a Nightwing comic where he has a dog called Bitewing and it like went from $5 to $20. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, I don't know if we'll ever see Bitewing on the big screen or small screen or what have you, but um, yeah, that's so it. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. As long as we get to see Pizza Dog eventually, we're good. We're going to get to see Pizza Dog. And, and one of the covers on the spec market is uh, Kate Bishop, America, and Pizza Dog riding towards the sunset in the drop-top Corvette. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah, so uh, there's going to be... Well, uh, do you think we're ever going to be comic overloaded or not? Because I thought that point would have already passed. But it seems like... They keep it fresh enough to where they just we just keep going. I mean, I, we'll probably get to the point where they kind of mind every old comic book storyline for superheroes, and then um, I don't. I just can't imagine a world in which they would have mined every comic book story that's an independent comic story because there's so daggum much out there. I just think we're going to get addicted to things that are well thought out and that they're based in comic books is fine i don't think the normal human being necessarily knows all of those things are based on comics so they may not get burned out because they don't know they're watching a comic book movie well like we talked about old old is a trade paperback named sandcastles um and then this example is a almost like a, a decade old now but the uh the vigo mortensen movie history of violence no one knew that was a trade paperback mm-hmm. so there's plenty of plenty of stuff. Um, the big thing for me coming up is why the last man because it was sort of like in this production hell for five years, oh, gotcha. and and so now it's going to be like FX on Hulu, but it's not going to be airing on FX. It'll just be on Hulu. Which nowadays, you know, if you want Hulu, people have Hulu, so um, it's a fairly accessible platform. But I'm just interested to see if it's anything like the comic because these large scale like traveling around the world comics um that wants to get to a small screen have not been like the comic like preacher it was fun but it wasn't the comic and that and and not saying like oh it wasn't exactly the comic but it's just like you got to change for the reality of a tv budget (laughs) like Instead of going all around the world in 66 issues, they had to stay in New Orleans for eight episodes, you know? So, that and that's what you get. Um, well, that's all I got for this week. Uh, we I feel like we played some sort of game where, like, you and me made it to the end. Because right. Brainy had to leave and, and Kyle had to leave, so. But we, we um, made it. So, thanks to Kyle and thanks to Brainy. Uh, for being on earlier and thank you miss jen for being along for the entire hour and thank you for watching and listening to nerd news now part of the kingdom of geekdom on woodlands online sponsor of the adventure begins comics and games and space cadets collection collection 
Check out other shows on Woodlands Online like Music Cafe, The Adventure Begins Show, Woodlands House and Home, The Best You, Between the Trees, Business Talk, and much more. You can also watch these on Woodlands Online and on our partner station, KBQT HD21, over the air on your television. All these and more on Roku. Just search and add Woodlands Online to your streaming lineup. And remember, you can listen to us in podcast form on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll see you next time on Nerd News Now.